Believing. Oh, it's two misfits <laughs> and a carpenter. We're back, and uh, this is take number eighty-nine. We we haven't had a whole lot of luck this morning, but we're gonna push on. Yeah, we're you just know, it's keep but, going. actually we've had great luck. We have a special guest. We've just went too long, and we've yeah. got too much amazing stuff to talk yeah, we about. Got, we got wrapped up in it, and I was. And uh, we had to kind of cut it short a little bit, but we're <laughs> on track now. And uh, we hope all you guys are having an amazing week. Um, what is going on? We got, oh yeah, we got Sean Shahan Jr. His son is in the, is, is got his very first varsity football game this evening. So yeah. you guys. Uh, pray, pray for him. It's against the defending state champions. And uh, <laughs> I don't care if we win or lose. I just want him to walk off the field. <laughs> Amen. That's all Amen. I want. We got some, uh, some roots in here, Montana roots, but yeah. we've got football roots. Sean, uh, for all you guys that don't know, played for the Cats. That's the Bozeman team. There's a, there's a team in, in uh, Missoula, Montana, you might have heard of the Grizzlies. Yo. <laughs> so, uh, yep. anyways, it's always cat grizz stuff. But prayerfully, uh, Junior will will make Dad proud tonight. I'm sure he will. The kid is a yeah. stud. I've got he a chance has. to. He's yeah. a better human than I'll ever be. He's a great kid. He is, and uh, so yeah, let's you know throw a prayer out for uh, safety. For safety, <laughs> yes. Yeah. There's, some, there's a sure. lot. It, that's one thing here is a little different. There's some. A lot bigger folks playing high school football than faster too. Yeah. yeah, you know we had some, we had some guys. You know some hail bill guys. Yeah, you know which Montana. You know there's some there's some we beefy some kids and they they're but, all in Bozeman apparently. But these guys yeah. here, there's there's a you know it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's no a joke. different yeah it's a yeah. different league. Yeah, they come from all over. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so uh, we got a special guest today. Uh, this is our very first special guest that we've ever had. Yep, might be the last. Might be the last. You never know. <laughs> and he might be showing up more to talk to you guys. Um, this is one of our crew, um, a Montana boy. Montana connection. Yeah, Mike Nelson. I appreciate you being here. Uh, Mike is from Lolo, Montana. Craig is from Clancy, and I'm from Billings. So here we are, three uh, Montana boys sitting in the desert. But uh, I met Mike here. I met Craig back home. And how I met Mike, I was I was flipping a house uh, a few years ago in downtown Phoenix, and and I, I needed insurance, you know, for for the house, and I didn't I didn't know anybody, so I went on kind of Facebook real estate groups and found Mike there. Called him up out of the blue, and said, "Hey, I, I need insurance." We started talking, and found out that he was from Montana. So we started talking some more. Found out he's a Jesus freak, and two hours later, we're we're really good friends. So. Him and his wife, uh, Natalia, who's an absolute sweetheart. We get together a lot. Uh, he's a great encouragement in my life, and we wanted him to come on. He has a, a credible story, and we wanted him to share that with us today. Yeah, so, so I, I got a chance to thanks, hear a little man. bit of, of Mike's story and meet with him. We, we had kind of a men's a little League men's of the Guilty group. that lasted one night. League so. of a year the ago. Guilty. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. That's a Shahan name for sure. I love it. Shahan's got these cool names. I love it. I love it. But Mike, I remember when we talked before, um, I was in, I mean, I was encouraged by your, your testimony when we spoke, but... Um, there was there was a little bit of substance at the beginning. There was some party days that uh, were pretty pretty wild and crazy prior to Jesus. Oh, yeah. um, obviously, tell us the whole testimony, but give us a little insert. What was this beginning of uh, the wild and craziness? Beginning of days. The beginning of Mike Nelson. <laughs> beginning yeah. of days. Uh, you know, um, long story short, I, I grew up in a broken home. Um, 
my uh, a lot of my family had substance abuse. My dad was an alcoholic and a drug addict uh, for most of the life I knew him. Um, aunts, uncles, cousins. I mean, we've we've been through the ringer with drugs and alcohol, so it's just kind of plagued our family. Yeah. Pretty generational. Um, so yeah, I started partying when I was uh, 13 years old, uh, all the way up until I was 29 years old when I met the Lord. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So the uh, you were able to break that trend in the family, if you will. Like, is that still something that plagues them to this day, or is that something that they have kind of followed in your footsteps and been able to find Jesus as well? Well, yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot in there. Um, <clears throat> so, just to give you some tragedy, uh, my my aunt died of alcoholism. Uh, my dad died of liver cancer because he destroyed his liver with alcohol and drugs. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Jeez. <clears throat> I've had aunts and uncles um, struggle with it their whole life, and then <clears throat> I uh, I I just struggle with it. You know, I I thought it was something that would fulfill me. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So through that, I want to. We want to hear more of this this testimony about. So. So give us the uh, the testimony of of going through this process and trying to fill yourself with all of these different substances, getting yeah. to a place in your life. What happened to you, Mike? That uh, that transformed that. Uh, should I start from grade school, college? However you'd like to tell okay. us, man. I'll, you'd like I'll to make tell it, us. I'll make this this part a little quicker. Okay. <laughs> I this one. Um, so yeah, when I was 13 years old, I kind of got into drugs and alcohol through high school. And uh, by the time I finished high school, I was um, I was dabbling in mushrooms, crank, cocaine, uh, weed, and I just saw my life as uh, I just saw the trajectory where I was going, and I didn't like it. And uh, my dad, uh, my parents got divorced when I was in sixth grade, so my dad moved to Phoenix. And so I thought this is this would be a great way to get out of uh, the situation I'm in 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 Missoula. So I, uh, when I was 19 years old, I moved down to Phoenix, and um, I was a little bored uh, after a year of living here. I worked at John C. Lincoln as a transporter, so I started going to school. And like like I always say, if you don't tra- change your heart. You're not going to change your environment or the people that are in it. True. And so um, I started dabbling in alcohol again, and alcohol leads to drugs, and you know, started getting into that. And once I got my AA degree at a community colleges here, I went to ASU, and that's where I really started partying hard. It took me like four years to graduate. Yes, you after an AA degree. It took me six years. <laughs> yeah, so this wasn't typical, you know, kegger in high school, uh, frat party in college. This this was something that had a hold of you, and it was a lot more uh, intensive than just the beer party on a Friday night at the frat club, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would say I partied like four four to five times a week. Even the, the guys I lived with, my best friends here, they would tell me, dude, you need to slow down. Like, you party a lot. I'm wow. like, yeah, but I, I valet, dude. I work at like 8 o'clock at night. I get home at 3 in the morning. This is, I'm making yeah. four grand a, uh, a month, Yeah, you know, working like 15-hour weeks. So this is like, this is, this is awesome, this is you know? Life. Yeah. yeah, it's life. It's fun. And you, and you felt there was just this 
this constant kind of trajectory of of to a place that I remember you talking about even yeah. even wanting to possibly take your own life. Yeah, so um, after I graduated college, I was 26 years old. I was living with a girl, and <clears throat> I was doing a lot of cocaine at the time, and I just remember I was on a three-day bender, and I just I started having these like suicidal thoughts, like, hey, you should probably drown yourself in the bathtub. Wow. And it freaked me out because I've never... I'm not a su- I never had suicidal tendencies, never had those thoughts before. Had a, I thought I had a pretty normal life, you know. Um, this is just the life that I had. And um, so I called my sister and I said, "Hey, I um, I'm I can't come down off this cocaine. I I was a little scared because my heart was pumping fast." And she's like, "Just take a ton of ibuprofen and knock yourself out." So I did that, um, and I woke up. Um, a day later and I I called my mom and I, I just felt like I needed to confess this thing and I was like mom I'm I'm struggling with um, uh, drugs and alcohol I just need to come home and <clears throat> she's like well come on home and I broke up with that girl came home and um, and I just I met a I met another girl um, see the problem is is I'm trying to find love in all the wrong places so I'm trying to meet women. <clears throat> I'm trying to fulfill this emptiness in my heart. I'm just filling with the parties I go to, the people I meet, the drugs, the alcohol, women. And I just can never get satisfied. But I can never get out of this cycle. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're trapped in, 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 a, in a process that you're trying to find peace, trying to find something that yeah. satisfies you. and it just it, you, So you'd increase that cycle. Even if when you knew it was it was not not right, it was it was going to destroy you. Yeah, and you'd try to substitute certain parts of that cycle. Yeah. yeah. Well, and now I went from just as you know, as you said, the progression. You know, now we have cocaine that's entered in, and all you know, different drugs that yeah. you're that you're using to try your best to fulfill that emptiness inside mm. constantly. So what happened at the uh, at the end continue keep telling us. yeah so um <clears throat> so here i am uh just to recap i ran from my life from montana to go to phoenix i turned 26 i'm running from my life in phoenix just to go back to montana mm-hmm. and then i meet another lady and now i'm in the same cycle i'm partying a lot again i'm I think i found the one mm-hmm. um and I'm just empty, man. I just, I just knew it inside. Like on the outside, I was this happy-go-lucky party guy. Mike's the life of the party, right? But on the inside, I was empty, lost, and broken. Mm. I was, I was just hurting, you know. Um, but you could never see that on the outside, you know. So here I am in Montana, and one of my buddies gets saved a few years ago, and he. So I'm selling insurance, and he comes into my office, and he starts telling me about Jesus. And I'm like, what? Yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah, me and Jesus are cool. I'm mocking him a little bit. Um, Because this was a guy that used to party with you. Oh, yeah. I knew this. I've known this kid since I was in third grade. (laughs) And he's a now he's a pastor, and he's telling me about Jesus. And I'm watching him, and I'm like, I'm watching his life, and... I'm envious. I'm jealous of his life. Because the guy that I used to know was doing the same things that I was doing. 
but now his life changed and I wanted what he had. I just didn't know what it was. And so up posed a question in my mind and here, here was, here was the question that I thought, how do I find my soulmate? He, he must've found a soulmate. So I had a, I had a conversation with him uh, at lunch one day and I said, Hey dude, I need to know, how did you know your wife was the right one for you? <laughs> and he sat back and he's like, I couldn't believe the answer he gave me. He's like, Mike, we gave our, we gave our life to God and he transformed us. <laughs> I was like, wow. What are you talking about? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I'm like, what do you, what do you, what'd you say? We gave our lives to God and he transformed us. I'm like, I don't even understand what that means. Just to give you a little background, I didn't grow up in religion. I believed that there was a God, but he was far off in some random place in a place in abyss. He didn't really care about us. Um, he doesn't have anything to do with this. He, I, I didn't know anything about God. And I didn't really believe in God, <clears throat> but I believed he did. So I, I, I was convicted by what he said to me. <clears throat> Because in my heart, I thought he became a good man because he found a good woman. And I just wanted to find a good woman who would change my life so that I can become a good man. And there was other people in your life you saw that you had partied with who had changed their life. And you think, well, it must, must, be some, must be the woman. So, you know, if I can find a good woman, she'll settle me down and I can break this cycle, right? Yeah. So, I mean, when I moved back to Montana, I, I joined a Christian softball league because that was the only league I could join because a few of my buddies who I grew up with were playing softball, but they became Christians. And I watched their lives too, and they had changed. And I wanted what they had. They had like, they had, they, in my opinion, had the full package. They had a, a wife. They had a good family, you know, they were prospering and they were happy, you know, they weren't going out every night, you know, to try and fulfill hmm. uh, whatever, yeah. whatever it was. Yeah. It seemed like they were fulfilled Yeah. and I wanted what they had. I hmm. just didn't know. I didn't know it was God. I thought it was a woman. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. a woman's going to change me. That's crazy. So we got this. This decline, obviously, tons of drugs. You you run into this gentleman who you've known your whole life, and he has found something that's wild and crazy because he's acting different. He's he's obviously not in the party scene anymore. So, what happens? How how does this transfer to you? Yeah. So um, after that conversation, I went home, and I started looking into different religions. I bought a Bible online uh, off Amazon for $3. It was the King James Version. Because <laughs> I wasn't ready to invest in something I didn't believe in. Started reading the Satanic Bible, because everybody does, right? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> you have to tr- well, like, hey, hey, try it all out. If you're going to yeah. do it, do it. Yeah, know? right? I Figure mean, out which one's best. Well, yeah, find which one's true, right? So um, called my buddy uh, about a month and a half later, and I said, hey, I'm reading the Bible. Uh, I was reading through Genesis, and I'm like, I don't get it, because obviously the New King or the King James version is uh, Old English. So we got a lot of these and thousands. Yes. Yeah. I had to look up words, you know, because I was sure. like, I don't understand. Sure. So I called him. I was like, Hey, man, 
I don't understand what begat means. I'm in Genesis 5, and, uh, you know, Adam begat Seth, Seth begat, right? Yeah. yeah. He's like, well, why don't you come? Well, it told me what it meant, but he's like, why don't you just come to church? And they just explain it better. And I was like, okay. All right. I'll, I'll go. I'll go. It's like I bought a Bible, dude. Now yeah. I got to go to church, dude. <laughs> right. That, that's what I was thinking, right? By the way, the the only time I'd ever been in church before that was when I was 15 years old and me and three buddies got high and we went into a midnight mass and we were mocking them oh, wow. while they were standing oh. up, sitting down. Oh, wow. You know, we were like, you know, yeah, we were terrible, dude. Like, you believe it, but, um, so, so the next weekend I go to, I go to this, I go to this church, I'm sitting in the back. He knows I'm there. I'm like, I don't want to sit where you're sitting. I'll just sit in the back. (laughs) So I'm sitting there. I don't know what the preacher's preaching. Um, but I remember I felt something. I felt the love of God or I felt conviction in my heart and it touched me. I was like, Oh, what was that? Hmm. You know, um, it was, it touched me. It was like, Hmm. it was peaceful. It was God's love. I don't even know what he preached about. So I went home and I thought like, I want that experience again. I don't know what that was. So I asked my girlfriend, I'm like, Hey, do you want to, uh, you want to go to church with me next weekend? She's like, no. I was like, all right, I'm going to go myself again. Yeah. And I, th- I think back now and I look at these verses, like Deuteronomy 4.29 is one of my favorite verses. It says, if you, if you seek me with all your heart and all your soul, there you'll find me. Um, that was one of the first verses when I read in the Bible. I was like, oh, that's what I did. I, I, I saw him, you know, yeah. me, myself. I didn't have anybody else mm-hmm. influence me. I, I saw him for myself. So I went to church the next, I'll just fast forward, I went to church for the next three weeks. So a month goes by. The third weekend I'm there, same thing happens each each time. Third weekend I'm there. I'm sitting in the back, and <clears throat> I'm going to cry, but it's, it's all right, man. <laughs> I'm sitting in the back, and I know what he's saying is true because it's touched me. Yeah, and this whole time, my heart is so hard. I hadn't cried in years, yeah, years, and I wanted to trust. Yeah. Last three times I went, I wanted to, I wanted to cry so bad, and just be like, "Help me!" Yeah. I just, I need help. Hmm. So I'm sitting in the back. There's no sinner's prayer that I say, nothing like that, but I have a conversation with God in my heart and my spirit. And I said, God, I believe that you're that you're real. And for my whole life, I've tried things my way. Mm-hmm. But for once in my life, just once, I want to try it your way. Mm-hmm. And the moment I said that, the spirit of God fell on me, and I started, I started shaking. And my whole body just started shaking like I was shivering. Wow, you know. And it, it was like a supernatural experience. I felt like I was bound up in, in these chains, and they were just being broken, like, down my body. And I felt 
I felt for that in that moment that I had been forgiven and that God loved me. Hmm. Like a real tangible love, I feel. Yeah. Wow. And I just started crying. I couldn't stop crying. I was I was on the floor of that church crying for like an hour. Wow. Wow. That's unbelievable. Yeah. So <clears throat> I get off off the floor, snot and all. Everybody's just loving on me there. I have no grid for the spirit for Christianity. Nothing. No grid for any of this. Yeah. But I walked out of that place and I felt a peace that I could not understand. You know, the Bible says that. Yeah, it surpasses all understanding. Yeah. Exactly. And so I walk out. I go home. And all I want to do is read the Bible. And so I, I just start reading the Bible. I remember my girlfriend came home drunk that night. And I'm in, I'm in bed reading the Bible. And I'm, I'm crying. Because all I could think about was like, he's so real. I always knew. I always knew he's so real. But the scales fell off my eyes and I'm reading the Bible. I understood. Wow. I understood yeah. what I was reading. Yep. She <clears throat> comes in the room. She's hammered. She's like, how's the book? Yeah. And she looks at me and I'm crying. And and I was like, he's so real. He's so real. He changed me. He changed me. A few days later, I knew in my heart, God was just, I hadn't read the Bible, right? I hadn't read the Bible at all. But it was like my conscience that had been so seared was now sharpened. He sharpened mm -hmm. it immediately. Hmm. And I knew... I knew in my heart I shouldn't have been drinking, getting high, sleeping around. I just knew that because the Bible says he's written his law in our hearts. Right. Right? Yeah. But more than that, in Ezekiel thirty-six twenty-six, he says that he'll take your heart of stone out and he'll give you a new heart. Flesh. One yeah. flesh. One that's, one that's malleable, yeah. palpable, that you can, he can mold because he's the potter and we're the clay. Right. And he'll put in you his spirit. And you'll learn to love him and walk in his ways. Because it's not by my might, it's by his. Yep. Right? And Ephesians Ephesians 2 1 says, While you were dead in your trespasses, he made you alive in Christ. Well, what do dead people do? Not a thing. Not a thing. They can't even breathe. Nope. That's how empty I was. Like yep. I gave my life to all those things. And all they did was suck the life out of me. They would have never gave their life for me. That's crazy. But Jesus did first. Amen. He said, in John 4, he said that he loved us first. Yeah. We didn't love him first. He loved us first, and he showed us his love. Wow. So with the background in drugs, with everything that's gone on, with f trying to find a woman, which so many, and man, that so many people do, still do. I mean, we even, yeah. you know, it's, 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 you know, you were on that path of trying to find the person in your life, let alone struggling with, you know, drugs, alcohol. After that happened, after that day, yeah. were drugs and alcohol a problem any longer? What I mean, I mean, how did it how did it play out in that realm? Yeah, great question. Um, it was like uh, the Bible says that God will give you the desires of your heart for those who seek Him, right? 
we're created in the image of God. And God is a spirit. So, you know, we're not talking about the image like a, a face, a head, a hands, arms. We're talking about his character. He created us to be like him, right? And that's why Jesus, that's what the cross is about, is he came to reconcile us back to the Father to make us like him. And we're, we're born in this world needing love. We need, need, need. Like you can't tell a little kid, like, gimme, mine, that's mine, punch, kick, you know? Right. Everything's all self-motivated, selfish. But when you're born again, you become love to the unlovable. You, you become, you start to become like God. And so that's what God was doing. He was, he was, he's a consuming fire and he was just burning up all that stuff in my, my past. <clears throat> so the things I love to do, I just didn't have a desire to do it anymore. I'll give you an example. I was in a, uh, my, my lifestyle, I, my lifestyle was, I was still Mike, right? I was like still this party guy, right? And so I went out to a few bars, but the bar life let, it was like, I would look at people in my, in, and I would start crying. So I'm, I'm holding a beer and I'm like, oh my God, everybody's lost. You know, my friends over here being like, why are you crying, dude? You know, this is embarrassing. Mm -hmm. huh. You just had a complete transformation. Transformation. And it wasn't like, by my work. It was by his. He'd taken the desire to want to get drunk, to want to get high, to want to sleep around. I broke up with my girlfriend like a week later. Huh. I think I said that already. I don't know. But it was, a, it was like he took my old desires and he placed in me what he'd, he'd always wanted for me, you know, um, to, be, to be like him in his character and his likeness. Huh. And that's, honestly, that's not an easy walk, man. Like, no, my family thought I was in a cult. Sure. My my friends thought I was, like, Been some there. religious freak. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, dude, I've never read the Bible. I'm telling you the Spirit of God hit me, yeah. and I'm changed. It's not that I, I want to hang out with you guys. It's like, this just doesn't do anything for me anymore. That's crazy. Right? So what timeline? So from, from how long ago was that? That that happened. That was March 2010. Wow. So you're going on 20, 20 years. 20 years. Or no, no, 13 I'm years. 13 years. Grizzlies have a hard time with math. I didn't tell. So, right? <laughs> I'm saying 20 years now. So in that in that timeline, <laughs> yeah. How often? If, I mean, is those struggles? Because we, we talk about that. I mean, yeah. You know, there's there's always going to be struggles in life as a Christian, and you know, sometimes I think people do have the interpretation that once you become this. Well, you're never going to struggle with those things again. Everybody's yeah. different, mm -hmm. but in your case, when it comes to the drug and the alcohol aspect, has that been pretty much the same for you this whole entire 13 years? So, uh, no, man. I mean, I, when I fell, I fell hard. So, uh, perfect example, nine months later, I get saved, right? Mm -hmm. I'm on fire for God. I'm preaching the gospel. I'm, I'm out talking to homeless people. You know, at nine o'clock at night, because I'm I'm driving down to the gas station to buy a can of chew, and I'm like, I don't know, should I be chewing anymore? Well, and God's like, who cares? There's someone down there for you to talk to, and I'm like, is there really? So I'd go down there, and sure enough, there'd be somebody there, and I'd talk to them about Jesus, and 
you know, they'd be blessed or crying. And, you know, I've had so many awesome encounters in the, in the midst of like, um, hardships. Nine months later though, one of my best friends is getting married down here in Phoenix. And I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm going to be a good boy. I'm going to be a good boy. I'm going to go down there and they're going to know who Christ is. Right. Shoot, man. First day I, I took off my Christian suit and I was like, Mike's back. Yeah. <laughs> I got drunk high and I slept with my ex-girlfriend that night. Yeah. And then the next day, because God's a good God, a loving God, a forgiving God, my heart was convicted and I felt condemned. He convicted my heart. The devil condemned me though. I said, you you're not saved. You're see, yeah. you're everything, everything that you think you changed. You didn't, God didn't do any of that. Any of that. You're not saved. And I cried. I'm not joking. I cried for two months daily. God, please forgive me. God, please forgive me. Found out after, because again, I'm a new Christian. Yeah, you're brand I new. I have no grid yeah. for this stuff, you know. Oh yeah. And but reading through the Word of God, you know, First John one nine says that if you confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins, and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Amen. You know. Amen. And I think that's that's what we have railed against on this podcast is exactly that the idea that from a religious standpoint you know shunning you in that time or telling you that you know or along with your feelings of guilt mm -hmm. and shame has been kind of the crux of what most of christianity has been about mm -hmm. instead of what you exactly said that the god that we serve knows that we are going to fall at times and mm -hmm. he's there to catch us through all this um we're only got a couple minutes left yeah. for this, but um, we'll definitely want to have Mike come back because I want to yeah. hear even even more about your walk today. But yeah. give us a real quickly. So now you are married. Yeah, and beautiful happily, wife. And you have found that quote-unquote one in your life that isn't necessarily filled everything because Christ did, but but sure. a companion that you're still with to date. Yeah. De definitely the better half, for sure. <laughs> yeah, she's great. Well, I'll, I'll say this. Um, you know, God wanted me to, to come to him because he's perfect, man. He, he's the perfect father. He's the perfect husband. Right? He wanted to marry Israel. He called himself their husband mm -hmm. in the Old Testament. Um, so that I can become a good man. If I know him, he can teach me to become a good man and a good father and a good husband. Right, And so all my characteristics come from him. I can't give what I've never received. And I've received his love mm -hmm. unimaginably. I've been forgiven, therefore I can forgive I've been so loved, therefore I can love, you know. Um, Amen. So, Amen. Yeah. Well, no, it's it's been a pleasure to have you here with us. Yeah, we definitely uh, want to have you on again. I don't um, think so. <laughs> Is it done? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, forget this. No, no you've been a, a, a big encouragement to me in my life and also a, a stronghold for me to talk to. And just like Craig is, we 
talk about God all the time, and it, it helps me. It reminds me who I am in Christ. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, Thanks for being, you know, for sharing it. I know these people out there that that can be encouraged through that story. I know I am uh, every time that I've heard it. And uh, yeah, thanks all you guys out there for tuning in. We will have Mike back. And so go out, have an amazing week. And uh, you are loved. Go Cats. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Bye-bye.